Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that's in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Once again, we're glad you're with us here at Faith in Your Recovery. I'm Randy Davis, your moderator for the program. We have with us Mark Kendall of Great White. Uh, last week's episode, if you haven't heard it, go back to it. We talked to Mark about his his professional career as a lead guitarist for the Grammy-nominated Great White, some of his experiences, what music means to him, how it's touched his life, and he wants to use it to touch others. But as you know, here at Faith in Your Recovery, we're about all things recovery. And Mark had his struggles, too, as many of us do. I know a lot of it was alcohol. We touched on that in the end. But we're going to go a little deeper with that, find out more, see what he's got to say. And maybe, maybe the words of Mark Kendall today will be the words you need to either start your journey to recovery or take the next step. We just want it to work, and I'm sure Mark does too. He's uh, he's told us he'll be very open with us. So let's let's just hit on that. Mark, you were telling us that it was at the age of 34, as I believe, that you went mm-hmm. to uh, you finally decided to go to rehab. How many years right. had you been struggling with your uh, addiction to alcohol, and how did that? In your mind, how'd that start? Uh, yeah, you battle um, with alcohol. I think uh, it was probably a little bit in my DNA. My dad was an alcoholic, kind of a functioning one, not violent or anything, but you know, he had, I knew where all his vodka bottles were, <laughs> you know, and uh, so he did that, but he never missed a day of work. He never hit my mom or anything, but but he was definitely an alcoholic and he was sober the last, I think, 26 years of his life. So he eventually got it. Um, so, you know, I, I think I've always been compulsive. I've always had uh, something I can't explain. It's like a shyness, a little bit of an embedded fear of, of, you know, just, stuff that might be easier for others just to handle. But um, when I was in my early 20s, I was using alcohol to get through what I would consider tough spots. You know, if I had to go to a social gathering where there's going to be cameras or, or just even at someone's house with, you know, 10 or 15 people or whatever, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin enough to go there completely sober and handle that. Uh, I had to kind of learn that over the years, but my first introduction to, to, uh, rehab, I, uh, I was listening, I was attentive and I believed some of what they were saying and some of it I didn't. 
I didn't believe that it's a progressive disease. And, and if you ever go back to it, it's going to be worse and all that until I tried it and realized they were being upfront and truthful. Um, the reason I wasn't successful the first time getting sober was I did nothing to change my alcoholic behaviors. Um, you know, I was still kind of living wrong in a way, lying. Um, I had the fear, but I was able to remove the alcohol for like one time, two years, a year and a half, you know, 10 months. I, I had all these bursts of what I call dry drunk. Um, didn't change anything about myself. Uh, didn't work on any of my character defects at all. All I did was remove the alcohol. And I was so jealous of people that drink normal that it actually angered me that people could do that. So I kept trying. That's the reason I wasn't like, I wouldn't even call it a slip because it was a planned operation. I'm going to drink. But this time, and I was just a beer drinker. I didn't roll out of bed into whiskey or anything. I was just always had a beer in my hand. So when I would try to drink normal, I'd, I'd be successful for a few days. I wouldn't drink the next day. I'd just watch the game with friends, have four beers and not drink. But then before you know it, here comes the pain and everything. And then I'd quit again. So I did that for 17 years. Just removing the alcohol, still being not the best person I could be, um, you know, not very giving, kind of selfish, just like most alcoholics. I'm doing this to me. Don't worry about it. You know, that was my attitude. And uh, I finally just got happy, sick of living that way. And I called my wife from Utah. I was on the road with the band. I told her I drank. First time I've ever even considered being honest about drinking. I always told her I wasn't drinking. She questioned me on the phone. I, I'm not drinking. I'm not, you know, but she could tell I was, but I'd lie about it. This time I told her up front that I drank, but when I get home, I'm going to go head first in into a program and I'm going to listen to guys with 30 plus years sobriety and take direction. And, you know, like in any program, AA, I don't care what it is, people that are only halfway there, they say you got one foot in the door and one out. You know, I was a clock watcher. When I'd go to a meeting, I was, I couldn't wait for this horrible thing to be over with. You know what I mean? That was my attitude back when I was just removing alcohol. Like I was showing up to some meetings, you know, but at the same time, I was really enjoying hearing people share because it seemed to me that my story was very similar to a lot of the shares I was listening to. You were identifying. I still, yeah, I wasn't ready to quit. You know, I wasn't ready to commit and do what it takes to sustain long-term sobriety. It took me getting a sponsor, somebody I could call, 
when I got a bad thought and, you know, um, get involved, uh, you know, listen, you know, listen with the attitude of, I like to say, when you're listening to somebody, don't think about responding, think about hearing what they're saying. And I really started to do that. And I, and I was taking direction because this guy here has 38 years sobriety, you know, and he's successful. I want to do what he does and, and see if I can, that some of that rubs off on me and I could start living right. So it, it took me, it took me quite a while. I'm even still working on my character defects, but I'm, I'm, I can honestly say that I am an honest person today and I've worked through my fears. All the things that I was afraid of were ridiculous. Um, it took me, I practiced a lot of different things. I, I practiced confronting people. You know, I, I did things that I would never do. I'd be scared to death to do that, you know, in the past. But when you practice it, you're not afraid. You just run right directly through confrontation head first. And you start doing that over and over and over. Your fear starts to melt down and you, you outrun it. You're outrunning your fears. Um, I quit lying to my wife. I, I really almost all my lies all stemmed from alcoholism. You know, I always felt there was a good guy in here, you know, somewhere, but um, I just had to find him. You know, I, I really didn't know myself that well, believe it or not. I, I, you know, that wasn't the way I lived. I, I wasn't thinking about it. I, I was more concerned about drinking, partying down, playing music, not very loving or giving uh, person, you know, that's so today I'm very loving and giving, but what it took was besides removing the alcohol, which like we know is just being a dry drunk and you're just a walking time bomb. You, you know, you're going to drink again. You just don't know when. This time I did a lot of self work and did some serious moral inventory. I mean, my moral inventory, if you ever saw it, it, it it's about three books, you know, we're not talking like 10 pages. We're talking, I mean, Volumes, it, yes. it's some yes. serious stuff. I, I, here's the funny part. I went to my sponsor. I showed him step four, my, my, moral inventory he goes you ain't done yet <laughs> i was all proud i'm thinking man i really kicked ass on the check out my moral inventory <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean yeah. yeah he wouldn't let me get away with that one but you know it, it's um it's it, it's continuous work and i I've, I've been a 12 step sober advocate for the last 12 years starting with just reaching out on Facebook, just offering my sober friendship, encouragement, support to anybody out there that's suffering. You know, I figure, you know, 
if I know I can use this Facebook stuff for something other than telling people how great I am. <laughs> I hear that for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people started getting a hold of me. And all I have to offer, I'm not a miracle worker. I did. I can offer uh, my story, tell them how I did it, share that. And I really feel, I've, I've said this before, but I really believe it, that there's people out there that are really in a bad spot, you know, and they want to be sober. They want to get sober, but they just need a little bit of a push or, or just some encouraging words. Exactly. Somebody, That's somebody what our organization's say, about. That's why we've got you on here today, hoping somebody will find those encouraging words. How did yeah, your higher... Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, um, you know, this other life that's available, and they told me it's a better life, even though after about, I think it was about three and a half months, I went to my sponsor and I go, I totally believe you, 100%. And I believe this Bob and and some of the other guys that have told me that life gets better. But I go, it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but I can tell you what, it did happen. It can, and things yes. just started going my way and my life completely went incredibly, um, it, it, things just completely changed. When I started becoming a better person, more giving, loving, uh, reaching out, um, you know, starting to work with alcoholics and seeing their success. Uh, you know, just watching sick people get well, it, it was just like the greatest feeling I've ever had in my life. Um, you know, I had one guy that was a patient in a rehab, and in five years, he became a counselor. Uh, you know, things like this are, are like, we're talking miracles. That guy was rolling out of bed, filling up big, big gulp cups with whiskey. He was shopping two weeks in advance for whiskey so he wouldn't have to leave the house. I mean, that's how bad he was. And he even had some heroin addiction in the past. So to watch that guy today, I think he has 11 years sobriety or 10. No, 10. He's going on 11. Um, I've worked with, I think it's 153 people. And the only reason I know the number is um, I send him daily meditation and prayer. Awesome. You know, I don't know what exactly the percentage of of the success of the people I've worked with, but it's pretty good, you know. And I have an online group where I send people daily meditation and prayer, and we all share our milestones and, you know, yeah, way to go, 90 days. All right, dude, that's insane. How'd you do it, you know? We and, have... Uh, chapter meetings every week of A Better Life, Brianna's Hope. And that's a big part of it, sharing our victories and our struggles. But uh, it's a matter yeah. of applause for those who get that 15-day tag for being clean, that one-year tag, years. or whatever the case is. Or we celebrate yeah. they got a job or got to see their kids for the first time in six months. Uh, the thing I want newcomers to understand is, 
it, it, it's it's all about today. And I know we oversimplify this one day at a time thing, but it's very important because it, it time it takes care of itself. That's what I always tell these guys. But we're going to celebrate the hell out of every one of your milestones and, and get into it. But what, all we have to do is be focused on today. Like when I, w when I wake up every day, I've been doing this more than 15 years. I make my bed. I say a prayer. Pray for my sobriety for one more day. And I thank him before I go to bed. I've been doing that every single day for over 15 years. Every single day, that's what I do. I just have to stay sober today. I've seen people fall after 20 plus years. It can happen like that. Absolutely. You get a bad thought and you act on it. You're right back to, you know, the dark world. So I really take the one day at a time serious. And when I, I get a newcomer and he tells me that he's done or he's never going to drink again, he's totally over it. Scary. I, I, I shoot that down right away. I go, dude, yes. today is all you got to be concerned with. Don't put up that impossible task. If you're never going to do something again, that's just way too long. <laughs> I've always used the analogy that there are 18 steps on a 20-foot extension ladder, and you've got to take them all to get to the top, but one step, you can be down. And it's that Absolutely. same way you got to get through today. Don't worry about tomorrow. As you said, time yeah. will take care of itself. How is your, I, yeah. your whatever you may call your higher power— how has yeah. that worked for you? What's what part has faith played in your recovery? Well, I I it I didn't get direction on what to use for a higher power, and I really didn't understand how it would be helpful until I used the thought that I'm just going to live my life how I think God would not only want me to but how he lived his because it, and become that person instead of self-will and all that stuff because my way has never worked <laughs> I, I, it, it, it just doesn't work i i promise i promise it doesn't it, it doesn't work i need to live my life how i think god would want me to live it and and that that took work. You know, there's a little work involved. It's not like it's not removing alcohol. It's like, how can I be the best person I can be? I want I want to feel free, you know, and I don't want to. The reason removing alcohol didn't work is because I was the same person without the alcohol. But I was. All I could think about is drinking again. You know, I, I it was just a nightmare. It. I've heard the analogy, good buddy of mine, he's a lead singer. He, he's in this band, Aerosmith, great guy. And he said, it's like living your whole life in the ocean. And then you come on land and you're like, hey, it's cool here too. I can live here. But every second you're thinking about going back in the ocean. Get me? So that's kind of like what it's like when you just try to do it on your own and, you know, just don't drink, you know. As soon as you get angry, I, I, you know, there's a lot of triggers that can trigger you to drink and they need to be identified early. 
you know, what, what is it that makes you drink? What, what is it that, what kind of emotion or what happens that, that gives you that urge? Because the urge itself, the urge, the physical urge to drink lasts two minutes, literally 120 seconds, and it's gone. The planning can be long. Because us alcoholics, we are town planners. And anybody that's in recovery knows that. You know, we see a window of opportunity and, you know, nobody will know and all that. But um, those thoughts for me are are way in the past. Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, like I said, it's a day at a time thing. And that's the way we do it. I have a question if I can figure out the best way to ask it here. Let's imagine back to the moment, once bitten, twice shy, where uh, you knew that was a major home run. That was the, the gold you'd been digging for. Label it whatever you want to. That moment where it settled in, Guys, we've done it with this one, okay? How does that verse your moments of sobriety and seeing others come out of the drunkenness into sobriety, being sober? Uh, you said a little bit ago, seeing others grasp, grasp the answer to soberness mm -hmm. was one of the the biggest things in your life. Those weren't your exact oh, words, yeah. but they were close. Tell us, how do those two yeah. compare? And I know we're talking apples and oranges, but I know your heart tells you what means, what things mean to you. Yeah. I, uh, well, when I started reaching out and, and, ha and, you know, working with people and becoming their friend, really. I, I was just being a sober friend. Like I said, just trying to give them some encouraging words and, and what worked for me and how much I, I would just try to let them know that you're not going to believe the change in your life. I mean, I, I've seen, I saw one guy get his wife back, his his kids back, his, you know, his job back and he got a new truck just from getting sober. You know what I mean? That's a miracle, you know? Um, but it, it changes in other, other ways too. Um, spiritually you feel, um, you have that, it, it's more of a free feeling when you can, do some deep work on yourself and you, there's people out there to help you, you know, um, fellowship is really important and, and, and keeping it simple. I keep it so stupid, simple that, you know, this isn't mathematics. This isn't, you know, trigonometry or, you know, you want to keep it simple. You want to keep your mind, you know, um, you know, you want to simplify your program, but at the same time, I think the fellowship is probably the most important thing for me because you know you're not alone. You, you know that, you know, Fred and Jeff are both just like me. You know, they're alcoholics, but 
you know, Fred has 23 years sobriety, you know, and I got 15 and, you know, it's just, you know, I think Bill W got it right. You know, it's uh, the smartest people in the world that have the best education, you know, they're psychiatrists, they know how to talk to people or whatever, couldn't get anybody sober. But a guy with no education whatsoever, just a total drunk, could, you know, and there's a lot to say about that. Because I think, because you know, you're not alone. You, you, you know, this guy's just like me, you know, you can relate to that in your own life. If somebody, if somebody just has the same interest as you, you can say, that guy's just like me, man. That's pretty cool. I think I'm going to be friends with this guy, you know, and, uh, you can, you can inspire each other, uh, reaching out on Facebook and starting to get response from people, um, and watching success and working with so many, I, I feel like it's the most, probably the most important thing I've ever done in my life because for one thing, it's contribution. You know, what are you known for after you, you're gone? If you, when you're gone, what are people going to say? You know, yeah, he's a guitar player, but there's a lot of those. But if you can help somebody not die, you know, there's something to say about that. I'll and tell you. you know what I mean? It, it, you're contributing to humanity. You're, you're doing something that's good. And that's that I could never have done that when I was all selfish and, you know, it's my world and you, you just live in it. You know, (laughs) that was, that was a different guy, man. I recall, correct me if I'm wrong here. You said you had like 153 people that you stay in contact with that you share that prayer and devotional. I'm trying to think back to scripture and I cannot, be exact on this. I hope I'm right. But there's the story of Christ standing at the water's edge, and the disciples mm. are out in a the boat. They're casting their net. They fill them up. Mm. They bring them to the right. shore after struggling and having not caught anything until that moment. Christ said, try it on the other side. They did. And when they brought it to shore, as I recall, that was the number, 153. I'll look that up when I get home, but I know it was close to that. You have managed to put that many in your net, and I'm sure there'll be more who swim in. Well, I think, I think there are more, you know, that just listen that maybe didn't get a hold of me. These are just people I've worked one-on-one with. And then I add them to the list. It's the only reason I could never count. No, I I, I I understand that, but it just struck me. This is like the the... exact amount I've worked with, you know. Yeah. Um, That, that but as far as reaching, I'm on a lot of shows like yours and, and I want to get the word out. I want, I want people to know, that that this other life's available, like I said, and it's a, it's a way better life, you know, when, um, when you don't have that guilt and shame and fear 
and and freedom. you're kind of peace living and freedom. Long. It's it's the greatest feeling in the world to feel free, and really, when you live right, you're rewarded without even trying to be rewarded. Like good things happen, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be forced. One thing I noticed after I had a couple of years of sobriety, or even out of the gate, really, is the people that I only had drinking in common with, I didn't have to force anything. They just disappeared. You know, <laughs> so there's no, there's nothing. Um, no depth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, in one of the statements I read of yours, you said something about having a strong belief in human connections and imperfections. Uh, I like yeah. that. And we've talked a lot about that. We've talked about your imperfections. We've alluded to those who struggle with alcohol and drugs, their imperfections in the importance mm. of, I think, fellowship is actually the word you used earlier. Right. That we connect with others and we look beyond those imperfections affections so we can connect don't let them be the dividing factor and that's not right. a matter of of music and alcohol that's a matter of life you know too many times we we've got that white board in front of us and in the middle of the white boards a, a colored dot and a colored dot's all we see instead of the 98 percent of uh you know, clarity that's before us. And we pick out the blemish nah. and point toward that in people instead of allowing them to live in that clarity and accepting them as they are just as Christ did us. I like what you said earlier about I tried to figure out how how God would do this, how God would live nah. us out. Uh, he shows us right. any son for so much of it. And then we become that examples for others by following his example. Uh, what is your, I, I know you've, you want to reach more people with, with sobriety, uh, with being clean, whatever, however you want to label that. Yeah. How do you best see that happening? How do you think well, you can reach the next one? Here today is one of those ways, but you tell us. Yeah. The, well, I think sharing my story is kind of important because I've had success in it and it did work. And my thinking is the guy that's out there suffering, whatever he's doing, it, you know, it's not working so well. So maybe he can just take a few things that I did to get him started. And, and, you know, I just make suggestions. I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I, I'm just telling him basically how I did it, not how he should do it. You know, I, I'm just giving That's him. That's all we can do is show them options. the path. Because there's a lot of ways a... you can do it. Exactly. This worked for you. You know, you, yeah, this works you know, for me. Our folks can 
can figure this out. You just imagine a maze and there are blocks. You can't yeah. go that way. You got to turn and go the other way, find the path to get to the middle. Exactly. Uh, but there can be four different paths that'll get you there, but you're going to get in there. I've told people, you know, this isn't like a religious cult or anything either. I don't care if you pray to your furniture. I, I, I'm just, you know, telling you how I did it. You know, I pray to God, you know, you can pray whoever your God is, is just dandy with me. And it might not even be God. It might be somebody that you, something that you feel is the most powerful thing ever and you, you really like that so it's not a religion uh, there's a a few things that i really don't do and that is promote any 12-step groups or anything like that except when i get one-on-one -on -one, i get more detailed but i try to stay the principles of programs and whatnot but but one thing i don't do is uh remain anonymous <laughs> obviously. that's obvious <laughs> yeah with you uh, with you sitting right there and speaking out like this there's no anonymity anymore yeah. it'd be I'm difficult for anonymity. you with your past anyway all right uh yeah right, right. having having that uh, stage recognition mark what what haven't we touched on that's important to you to share, whether that's from your uh, pardon uh, the term. One thing, one thing that I've only been doing for two months that I've never done in the past, even though I'm a grateful person for a lot of things. Um, one of the guys that I, I fellowship with, we send each other a gratitude list every day. We we text each other gratitude lists, things that we're grateful for, and that I think that's kind of a nice exercise. I re, I like doing it. How many um, be on your list on a given day, generally speaking? Well, I I, did, I just send it to this one guy back and forth. Well, it's how just, many pieces of gratitude will you have on there on that list? Ten, fifteen, twenty. Oh, you uh, mean on my gratitude list? Oh, yes. I just, I just, it, the smallest things are on there. I mean, I'm, yes. uh, uh, yesterday, what did I say? Uh, I, some certain meal that I had, I was grateful for that. I'm grateful for my grandkids. You know, I got two, my new baby that we just got, uh, you know, um, my wife, my this, my that, you know, it, it's just whatever is off the top of your head that you're grateful for, you know, usually put about 10 things on there and then I'll tell him what I like about his list. You know, he comes with a lot of stuff. He does a lot of meetings like, you know, 7 a.m. Zoom meetings and stuff like that, you know, so I'm real appreciative of his words and, you know, we're just kind of uh, sober buddies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, I think, 12 years, you know, 12 years sobriety. So that's so kind of fun. What would you like to close this with, Mark? Uh, words of wisdom or a thought or whatever. Yeah. The last thing you want the folks to hear during this uh, interview episode. Um, you know, the, just a message to anybody that's out there kind of struggling or, you know, suffering and, um, I 
I'm the worst alcoholic known to man. Um, I'm a complete miracle. So I know anybody can get sober. I know you can do it if you want it. You know, you don't have to live in a dark world. You don't have to uh, live in pain, you know, guilt, shame. Um, There's a lot of help available out there. There's a different life available as well. That's, it's a better life. It's, I promise it's a better life. They told me that my life would get better after I got sober. And and I swear to you, it's absolute 100% true. It, it's such a better life to not what I call an, it chasing after normal. Because after a while, this alcohol that I was drinking, I was literally not even trying to get drunk at one point. I was just trying to not feel bad. So I was chasing after normal. And it's a lot of work. It's I can tell you this out there, if you're in trouble, it's less work if you're not using whatever your drug or alcohol of choice is. If you're not doing that, it, it, it's so much better because it's a lot of work to be an alcoholic, I know. Uh, it's a pain in the butt. There's a lot of bad things that are, you know, and we are talking abuse here. I'm not talking about the social drinkers that go out and enjoy themselves. I'm talking about rolling out of bed, being in pain, all that. So, but man, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm not hiding from anybody. Uh you know, if you want to take a run at getting sober, I can tell you how I did it. And uh, there's a lot of lot of people out there that that can help you. Um, you can go online and just say, I want to hear some sobriety stories, somebody that was in a lot of trouble like me, and they can share their story. They're online everywhere. Um, so there's a lot of people that are probably in worse spots than you are. And they got sober, so you can always think of that, you know, if you're really, um, you know, kind of struggling today. Like I said, I'm on Facebook. You can get a hold of me, send me a message, whatever. I respond to everyone. You and, get that, uh, folks? He's giving you a personal it. invitation to get a hold that's of him. It. And he, <laughs> he can't tell you the path, but he can show you what worked for him. And uh, that's, that's right. what we're that's about right. in faith in your recovery. We realize there was more than one yeah. way in. There's more than one way out. Uh, not all of us have been in a professional position you've been in, but that doesn't matter as far as finding the journey to recovery, sobriety. Uh, yeah. Mark Kendall, thank you tremendously. It's thank been a guys. privilege to meet you, have this time with you to hear your story for you to share it. And, uh, I know it's going to touch, change, and save lives. We believe that here at Faith in Your Recovery. We believe your story is going to be one of those. So uh, God bless. God bless to you, our listeners. Stay in the battle. Don't give up. Hey, make one more call. Go around one more corner. But above all, know, just as Mark has shared, you can do this, and we are there to help make that happen. God bless. Take care. Stay in the battle.